Hi, welcome to the De-Stress Yourself podcast with me, Lucy Kerwin, the place for you to come and escape reality for a little while. If you're feeling blue, anxious, stressed or any of the rest, maybe you're feeling great this week and you just fancy a bit of entertainment, well, this is the place where you can just relax, take your mind elsewhere and just listen to some stories from me and some amazing people. So I hope you enjoy it. So to start this podcast this week, I just really want to say, I put a picture on my Instagram last week, basically just kind of announcing officially the podcast. And I'm just overwhelmed by the response. Thank you so much to anyone who has downloaded it and had a listen and to the people who have actually gone out their way to put it on their story or they've shared, told a friend so many people have messaged me and just kind of said thank you this is really helping me out and that is just exactly why I've, I've done this so it really means the world to me I fully wasn't expecting anyone to actually listen and yeah it's nice to know that here's me just recording it talking looking out my window kind of talking to myself into a microphone and there is actually people listening so that's just amazing there's also people all over the world like what that's mad so there's Canada Ireland Russia Denmark India Portugal Canada I've already said Canada California New Zealand um Salford Southport Preston Darlington Maidenhead Blackheath thank you to all of you that's so crazy so yeah that's really great um so I just wanted to say that first of all really just thank you so today's episode is going to be all about living with an invisible or chronic illness i'm going to be sharing my experiences and you're also going to hear a story from an amazing person called jamisha who's been diagnosed with a condition called lupus so if you're going through this then there'll definitely be some tips you can take away or advice and if you're not going through this then you still might take something away okay so i am going to be so honest on this podcast because this is something that I have really struggled to talk about in the past and it got to this year and I I was like, do you know what, I'm not going to let this hold me back anymore because I feel that some things are embarrassing because society tells you that they're embarrassing and I think now that we've got like there's so many people now on, on social and like celebrities as well that are more honest about things like living with certain conditions I feel like it's kind of got to the point where it's okay to just be honest and kind of own that yeah I'm not perfect but that doesn't matter so I suffer with a condition that basically just means that I get really bad stomach pain like when I say stomach pain I mean to the point where it it's how I imagine labor to feel So when a woman goes into labour and gets those like contractions, that's pretty much how I feel but without a baby at the end. So that then means that if I go on any kind of weekend away with people I don't know or even with people I do know, I'm always a little bit anxious, a little bit on edge because I'm kind of always waiting for it to happen. I think the worst it ever was was when I went on this like tour. So I used to be in a society in uni. I used to be in dance. I can't, I can't dance, but I was in dance and we went on this like holiday. It was like a holiday where all the teams come together, you get on a coach and you go to Spain or wherever we were. I can't even remember where we were, but there was a moment where I went, the first night I went on a bit of a bender because 
I was doing that thing where you're nervous drink because you don't really know anyone. And I ended up getting really drunk. And then the next day, I woke up, all the people that were in my room, I had told to just go down to the pool, leave me to it. And I was curled up in the fetus position in bed until it was like there was a piece of glass trying to get out of my stomach. So I got in the shower because I just didn't know what else to do with myself. And I just remember sitting down in the shower, just crying my eyes out, not really knowing what to do, not knowing what was wrong with me. All I kept thinking was, why have I done this? Why have I come on this holiday pretending like I'm fine? I knew this was going to happen and now I'm all alone. I can't tell anyone. You don't ever want to be in like a vulnerable position where you're not with people who you kind of feel comfortable to talk about it with. So yeah, it's got to the point now where I just don't put myself in those positions anymore. And if if I do think that I'm going to be in a place where I'm going to really regret it and I'm going to feel in pain and I, I just won't go. Um, I've spent the last sort of 10 years, I think, in and out of hospital. And so to give you like a bit more sort of background on what it actually is. So when I was about 13, I went for some tests in hospital and the doctor said that they were like 90% sure that it was this illness called, it's an illness called ulcerative colitis. Um, but basically it just, it kind of means that you have a lot of like swelling and a lot of pain. But then when the test all came back, they were all negative. So the doctor took me in and said, like, I'm really sorry. I thought that it was going to be this, but it turns out it's not. And yeah, you look fine. So then it was kind of like a, it was a weird phase where I was battling my own head then because I was starting to question myself and think, am I just making this all up? Like, what's, what's wrong with me? So for a good few years, I was sort of just in denial that I had anything wrong with me, carrying on as usual, but then still really suffering until literally two years ago, I thought, right, I'm just going to take back control. I'm going to basically take the control over what I can. So that means that I just did a lot of research myself. I looked at different influencers that blog about it. There's so many people going through this sort of thing. And it's all about just doing what you can do to help yourself. So that means if you have regular exercise, if you wear certain things that you know aren't going to cause you any pain, if you take around a clear bag with all medicine in it. So I went to the doctors and asked, okay, is there anything that I can take that just helps with stomach pain? So something that really helps is a tablet called Mebevrin. Again, don't don't get it unless you've like seen a doctor. Uh, but that really helped me. So now I carry around with me Mebevrin, um, like Buscapan, Paracetamol, this, there's a cooling gel that's basically a drink. And if you start to feel pain, you can drink it. And it kind of just feels like it's like an aloe vera gel going over the, the angry parts. And so, yeah, now I just carry that around with me all the time. And that means if I'm working at a festival or if I'm going on a weekend away or a holiday, if it starts to happen, I know that I've got at least something to kind of be comforted by. And I don't just ignore it anymore. I've made adjustments to what I eat. So there's certain things you can cut out of your diet, such as like onions, garlic, avocado, some types of bread, um, like chocolate, which, yeah, it sucks because I'd love to eat all of that. But I know that that's just one other step that I can make that will avoid any pain from happening and I have this like 
food replacement so basically if if i feel like i'm in pain one day and i'm working away from home i will just eat this meal replacement that's kind of like powder it's called complan it's basically this powder that you can just put into a water bottle fill it up with water give it a stir and if you drink that whole thing then it just makes you feel not as starving <laughs> because when i can't eat and I, I really just need a little bit of energy then that just keeps me going and also what's great is the fact that there is so many people to reach out to now when i was 13 going through this i felt like there was no kind of society to go to to ask them what they do or share tips or or if i just need to see that i'm not the only one going through it but nowadays there's so many people on instagram and there's youtube videos about it there's blogs so somebody I came across on Instagram this week, her name on Instagram is You Look Okay To Me and she is basically a page that people can go to if they suffer with an invisible illness. Her name is Jamisha and she suffers with a chronic invisible illness called lupus as well as IBS. So lupus is a long-term autoimmune disease in which the body's immune system becomes hyperactive and attacks normal healthy tissue. So remember, I'm not a doctor. That is on medicalnewstoday.com. So again, it is an illness that a lot of people can't see and that can be really frustrating as a lot of other invisible illnesses because you kind of feel like people don't believe you or you might just be embarrassed to explain it to people and that can just be so frustrating. So I wanted to get Jamisha on the podcast to just give everyone a bit of insight into what it's like living with a condition like this, and to just give any tips to people who might be going through a similar experience. Hi, my name is Jamisha, I'm 24 years old, and I've been diagnosed with lupus, or SLE, which is its acronym for systemic lupus erythematosus. I also live with a couple other conditions, so that's migraines, I have hip impingements, and I also deal with IBS. So I was first diagnosed in 2014, so that was the year I started university as well, which was great timing. Before leading up to diagnosis, I can say I just felt frustrated and tired and angry. Like many people, when I was going through that diagnosis process, I wasn't believed. I had started the diagnosis process probably a year and a half before actually being diagnosed. I'd gone from doctor to doctor who kept telling me I was fine and I just needed to take vitamin D. And then I finally got referred to a rheumatologist after doing my own research and asking for specific blood tests. And the rheumatologists was suspecting that it was lupus, but then I got passed over to different rheumatologists and like normal human beings, rheumatologists don't always agree with each other. I ended up seeing someone that did not believe I had lupus, even though I had some blood markers that indicated to it and my symptoms sort of coincided with the symptoms of lupus. She was very convinced I had a mental health condition um, and also that I should just be on antidepressants and see a psychotherapist which is annoying because once once again um, lupus and mental health conditions can coincide and also mental health conditions should be taken just as seriously if they are causing those symptoms which I felt she was quite flippant and so after that it just spent a long time second guessing myself and feeling like maybe I am a faker which is what I felt like she was indicating at maybe I am just making this all up in my head but eventually I got referred to a specialists like the specialist of the specialists in the UK for lupus and when he confirmed that it was lupus I was like okay maybe I can believe that considering he's a professor in it but before that it was just frustration and and and, and doubt and uncertainty 
after it's so strange because people don't people with chronic illnesses don't get this but after getting diagnosed I felt relief I felt so happy and it's not because I was happy I had lupus it's just happy that I had an answer and I felt like I can move on with my life obviously that didn't go as smoothly as I thought it would but it did help me come to grips with what I was going through. So Jamisha how does it feel living like daily with an invisible illness do you have any kind of standout memories? I remember being in hospital I wasn't there to stay I was just there for a routine procedure I decided to get the lift to the reception part and this nurse was in the lift and she was just like you're young why are you getting the lift it's you know what floor four you should be getting the stairs and I was just like, I have lupus. And she, her face was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I've also had two surgeries because of my hip problems. Um, and it's just, I always found it fascinating that when I'm in a lupus flare and I'm on public transport in London, that nobody seems to want to help because they can't really see that I have a condition. But cut to me being on crutches after surgery and I had people bending over backwards, just random people saying hello and I'm doing great and complimenting me. It was such a weird experience because there were days on those crutches where I felt way healthier than when I'm in a lupus flare up, but more people are willing to help. So it's kind of uplifting to see that humans aren't as bad as I thought they were in a sense, but at the same time, it's quite strange. Um, Some bad memories in terms of like my symptoms is a lot of them come at the early stages of my diagnosis because I wasn't quite sure how to handle it. So there's many moments where I was at uni and I couldn't do the things I, my, my peers could do. I had to give up a lot. Like I wanted to be a camera woman or a cinematographer. It requires a lot of physical sort of activity and you can do it. It's just, you need way more adjustments and it's harder to get those adjustments when you're a newbie and you're trying to get on film sets and assist people. They just want the person that can do the job and they want the person that can carry the camera. And I wasn't that person at the time. so. I had to give up stuff. I would fall asleep in class a lot. Like I'd be too tired to sit in a chair. And so so much of my friends would just be like, you need to go home, you can't stay here. And it was frustrating because trying to balance wanting to be in class and wanting to be like everybody else, but then trying to stay up, uh, it was just hard. And also like I had weird moments of temperature regulation. Like I'd be in my uni and it would be in summer and I'm the only person with a massive coat on. And then I'd put the coat on and I'd overheat and I'd take it off and I'd start shivering. And it would just be like that for the whole class. And people thought I was so strange because they were just like, why is that girl coming with a massive puffer coat in summer? That, that's so weird. What sort of steps do you take now to look after yourself? So I currently now I'm a bit more conscious about looking after myself, especially in, you know, it's been a while since I've been diagnosed. So I'm trying to do a better job of actually caring for myself. And that is both physically and mentally. Um, physically, I'm just a bit more in tune with my, my body likes and what it doesn't like and what it, what usually happens to it after I do something. So I'm more mindful when I exercise, how long I'm doing it for. And like, if I'm doing strenuous physical activity, the way I kind of care for myself is making sure I don't have too much the next day because I know what I'm gonna be like. And it's trying to prevent myself from burning out. Um, I have a walking stick because it's strange. I have hip problems and some days I can do quite decent amount of physical activity and other days I can barely walk and I'm limping and so I've got that walking stick there and a few days you know a few years ago I would never have taken outside it's too embarrassing you know it's not shouldn't be embarrassing but I felt embarrassed um but now you know I'm really pushing myself to use it more because one I remember one evening it was dark at night and I decided I was going to use it where no one could see I was in like Shoreditch um, so I thought that's the best time to just take it out of my bag and I just started using it and realised why was I not doing this before it's allowed me to feel so much better 
and giving me so much more freedom in my movement. And so it's trying to give myself self-care and by actually giving my body what it wants and not ignoring it just because I'm embarrassed or because I'm scared of what people may think. Sometimes I think caring for yourself mentally is almost more important than the physical because it informs how you're going to treat your body physically if you're in a mentally good place. So I do my best to to have activities that are uh, away from work um, that require not much brain power sometimes in order for myself to kind of calm down. I allow myself to actually feel what I'm feeling. I've been trying to practice CBT a lot more um, to actually write down what I'm upset about why do I feel this feeling and where does it come from Um, that's been helping a lot to actually understand why I get in certain ways because when lupus I would just fall depressed for no reason and what I wouldn't know why and sometimes that is a marker of lupus but sometimes it's actually because you're feeling something specific that you were repressing so I try to do that as much as possible and if I just would offer one last thing for this podcast episode I would just say to anyone that's been diagnosed with a chronic illness whether it's been recently or whether you've been diagnosed for a while and are still struggling that it's okay to grieve I think sometimes we reserve the word grief for death only and it is not something that is just for death grief is loss for a lot of people that get diagnosed especially later on in life that grief process you have lost a life you thought you were going to have and a life that you used to have and now it's different and it's normal to feel stressed and upset and that can go on for years if you haven't addressed it and it's okay to feel those feelings I think it's okay to look at it and understand that you can still have a good life even if it didn't look like what you thought it was going to look like it just takes you to have to analyze and figure out how that good life is going to be just because it's different doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Thank you so much Jamisha for taking the time to be on this podcast and thank you for being so open and honest about everything you've been through and what you are going through. I took away so many things from that even when you say about grief and how you should have time to grieve if you live with a certain condition. That's something I've never really thought about it like that before and I think a lot of people will go through this because for me especially, I, I think I, I kind of lived in denial, not really listening to my body and I think it is important to take that time to be sad about it and to look into it, reach out to people who are going through a similar thing and look forward to the next steps of how you can adapt to your life. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and before I go, I just want to give you one little last tip slash challenge uh, with sort of a way to help with stress something that my CBT therapist gave to me this week and I've tried it and it's actually really worked it's to go through colours and name five things that you can see in all the colours in wherever you are so for example you go through like red, blue, green and just look for five things I'll do this right now in my bedroom So in my bedroom, if I go through red first, I can see there's a picture frame that's got red text in it. There's a painting with a splash of red. There's a red logo on my bag. I've got a red little clutch bag and I've got a red shirt. So then you'll go to the next colour. So if we go to blue, so there's a denim jacket hanging up that's blue. I can see my blue jeans in my wardrobe. I can also see my very messy wardrobe. So that is not calming me right now. Uh, I can see blue curtains, I can see a blue brush, and I can see a, a blue... <gasps> There's no more blue. 
oh, yep, there's a Louis Theroux book on the bedside table. So as you can see, as you start to do it, your mind starts to get like distracted by the things that you're looking at. And then if you can't find like the fifth one, you start, you're like, oh God, trying to look for it. And it really just helps you kind of bring your feet back down to the ground. So as in meaning it helps you come out of this like this phase that you that I get anyway sometimes if I'm like stressed about a situation I, I start to get in a vicious circle where I can't really think straight so try that out see how you get on with it and as you're doing it try the breathing exercise as well see if you can go through all the colors and when you get to the end of it see if you're still as anxious as you were before you did it see if it brings it down a little bit because it has done for me I hope you all have a lovely week and stay well. I'll speak to you soon.